and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Lord Commander Ulrich, and with me as always is... His shield brother, Axel Wright. How's it going today, Axel? Uh, actually, it's been a really simple but relatively nice day. I've literally just spent the whole day watching comedy specials, stand-up comedy specials, and playing Borderlands. So I'm a little grumpy right now just because of like logistics stuff, wires, and... I have this thing, I don't know if it's claustrophobia or something, but sometimes I just feel like there's too much stuff, physical stuff around me, and it starts making me feel really uncomfortable and angry, and I can't really describe it a whole lot better than that, it's just especially when it's not neat, and I just, mm, yeah, I'm feeling a little, a little bit of OCD mixed in there. I don't know, like I said, sometimes I just feel like I'm surrounded and cluttered by, by things, physical things. Why well, I'm not much for putting things on walls or anything like that, and I'm definitely not much for like statues. I remember in, in high school, I got a shitload of statues for Christmas, usually wolf statues, and while I appreciate the thought, I'm like, this is going to go in a box away, because putting knickknacks up drives me fucking crazy. Understandable. Anyway, that's how I am today. <laughs> So the long version of what Axel is saying is we need a podcast studio. And the best way to get a podcast studio is to become a patron like these wonderful people. Pam Galley, Marky, Orion McCann, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, and Elmquest, and Reed D. Now, if you'd like to help us achieve, you know, that goal of a podcast studio or hell, just getting everybody decent mic setups and equipment, head on over to patreon.com forward slash geeks with shields. It only costs you 25 cents an episode and Every dollar helps. And we're actually joined today by one of those patrons, our resident animation friend, Woonvog. Hello, everybody. Who is on the Patreon list is Marquis. I hope that's not a secret. Same guy. <laughs> what? He gives us money? How dare he? And the mask is peeled back. And since we have our resident animation friend, uh, it is, while not the only thing he joins us for, is likely we're here to talk about cartoons. So... Why don't you tell us specifically what kind of cartoons we're talking about, Ulrich? Uh, today we are going to do Toon Talks of the 90s FX Kids. This kind of covers both Saturday morning cartoons and the afternoon power hours. Because, well, there's a lot and I don't want to make two episodes out of it. And it looks like, according to the list, because again, peek behind the scenes, we've got a little list here that Ulrich made. It is 90s, you said, because... Uh, yeah, there's plenty of shows I thought of that were early aughts that I don't see on the list, so... Uh, same rule as our Disney episode. It, if the majority of its season was in the 90s, it's going to be here. If the majority of its season was in the 2000s, the aughts, whatever, it'll be on a separate list. And we mainly did that just because this was already a big list, and we start splitting hairs, the list gets even bigger, and then someone's going to call in the comments going, well, technically only three quarters of the... Yeah, no one cares. Go home. Hmm. And Fox will be a very interesting one because they went through like five different iterations for their kids blocks on Saturdays. I think it's also the one that, correct me if I'm wrong, all of us are the least intimately familiar with. Like, I know, for instance, I was the most intimately familiar with our Cartoon Network, right? And I think did uh, I think Woundvox said that you were like Disney was a big one for you growing up, wasn't it? It's more Nickelodeon. Oh, okay, Nick. I, I knew I had a fifty percent chance. I chose the wrong <laughs> one. Damn it! But point is, I think all of us had the least experience with Foxy. Don't get me wrong. Fox is where I generally went for my Saturday morning cartoons, but it was Saturday early morning, so memories formed difficult. Was my go-to Saturday morning cartoon block. A little bit of the afternoon stuff with my older brothers, but that was kind of short-lived, as I remember. Okay, well then I'm just going to. Well, actually, I feel a. Uh, a little out of sorts, so, you know, Woundvog, why don't you kick us off? Alright, well, one of the first ones we have uh, much memory on is uh, the cartoon of Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Okay, I only vaguely remember this one, and I remember the movie a lot better than I remember the cartoon, only Very because funny. this is one of those cheesy sci-fi schlock movies that my mom and uncle loved, especially the theme song that went with it. And how stupid it was. I remember this being a stupid... Tomatoes. Yes. I remember this being a dumb, fun cartoon, but that's about it. I don't remember a whole lot of it, but I did enjoy what I did. Because it's just... The whole thing was intentionally meant to be ridiculous. Because it's just tomatoes with monster faces chasing people. And they're 
unintentionally horrified. I, it's a solid setup for a kid's show. True. I wasn't aware that this was a cartoon until literally 10 minutes ago when I saw it in this list. I knew it was a movie. I'm pretty sure Christopher Titus was in the movie because he's made jokes about being in it before. But I didn't know it was a cartoon, so I have zero to say on it. <laughs> it's definitely one of those ones that it probably shouldn't have been, but serialization as it was. Uh, the only thing I remember was the quote-unquote mad scientist that made the tomatoes, but anytime someone called him a mad scientist, he would just glare at him and goes, I'm not mad, I'm just really angry. <laughs> I love it. Sounds like a Doofenshmitz line. <laughs> anyway. Anyone else got anything really to say on this one? Well, what are you saying anyone else? I gave my piece, Woundvog yeah. just gave his piece, you're, you're the anyone else. <laughs> I thought maybe something rattled loose, but no, that was uh, Woundvog covered about all I remember of this show. It's ridiculous and intentionally funny. Uh, if you want to look at it, I'd say definitely check out the original movie, which is absurd, but in the best ways. And this might be a great offshoot. See, I, I have a hard time with movies like that that are, I don't know if intentionally bad it's is schlock. the term. It's a schlocky film. Okay, but schlock... Here's the thing. When I enjoy schlock, it's from movies that, like... First of all, I have to feel like they were actually trying, right? Like, if I feel like the schlock is just perfect... Okay, example, right? Uh, An example I've heard given recently. Sharknado 1, they were actually, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of trying to make a good movie. That's debatable. Well... They were trying. They failed, and that's why it's enjoyable. But the, the the sequels, all of them, they knew what they were getting into. They were basically just making fun of themselves, and it kind of kills the joke, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, at the same, I I'm not into things like the room, so I guess I'm not even into See, the room. Is that not all the, time, the room is all. My point is, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, and <laughs> just like it, Attack of what, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is the other yes. one. I, I feel that same kind of like, all right, this is. This is just a, a an intentional joke parody of itself, and I'm not I'm not into it. But anyway, those aren't cartoons, so let's move on. Yeah, someday we will do an episode discussing the nature of schlock. The next one on the is list is today. Bobby's World. It's another one that I don't remember at all. So I got nothing go on this one. I remember this one in decent detail. Like the majority of the cast was voiced by Howie Mandel. If you don't okay. know him, like he was the host of Deal or No Deal for a while. Mm. He's um, also a famous comedian, but... Yes. Yeah, famous comedian. He had a mullet during the show. <laughs> um, but it was about... Kind of like a, a very kiddish Seinfeld setup that it's about his family and his young animated son named Bobby. And a lot of it is about him learning about the world. Like, the only ones I remember is g- him going on a... Uh, Backyard camping trip, which, thanks to his imagination, gets turned into, like, an underwater adventure. Hmm. Real quick, sidebar, as you were starting to explain, I thought you might have been, it might have been a cartoon, it didn't, you didn't say, uh, it's not, but do either of you guys remember a cartoon, I have no idea what channel it was on, about a kid in a wheelchair with his, like, gar- uh, god, his fairy godfather, and like that was the the main shtick of the show. Does that strike a bell for all of you guys? Yes. No. So I googled Bobby's World. Not change topic. <laughs> I recognize this, but I have no memory of it. It had a really interesting animation. To answer you, Axel, I remember it. I think it was on Nickelodeon. I cannot remember the name right now. Okay. Sorry. As you were starting to explain, I was like, "Was that what that show's called?" I know I've looked it up before, but anyway, if it's on Nickelodeon, it doesn't doesn't matter here i'll talk we'll figure it out later (laughs) yeah uh there's only one episode that really sticks out to me in bobby world and that's because it was a very serious episode uh didn't start out that way uh starts out with bobby trying to do prepare for a uh, a test in school and the cross guard when he's walking to school is telling him stuff to help like it with his memory And he's able to do the test, but the day after, there's a new cross guard. Whole thing of the old cross guard passed away, and now the episode is about trying to teach a five-year-old 
the concept of what happens when someone dies. Oh, okay. And I remember it being really sweet, but it's really out of left field. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. Ulrich, you got anything? That sounds familiar. <laughs> Cheery. Like maybe? this is. No, I got no. Oh, I got a story. It's unrelated, but that's about it. All right, Peter Pan and the Neverland Pirates. Um, the only thing I remember about this was that Tim Curry was the voice of Captain Hook, and as Tim Curry does, it was the cheesiest, hammiest, best role ever. Well, as we've said many times, if you heard a cartoon and there was a voice that sounded like someone doing a Tim Curry impersonation, <laughs> it was probably just Tim Curry, because he voiced a lot of things, oddly enough. And it's he never doesn't really change his voice a whole lot. It's just Tim Curry doing a slight inflection, and it works. Except that yeah. one time he voiced the Emperor on Clone Wars, and it was weird because it was surprised Tim Curry. Well, have you noticed that our thing recently is to have Tim Curry? Uh, or not? Not okay. Correction: I, a few people <laughs> have like tweeted things about Tim Curry at him. Like I remember seeing one recently. It was like every now and then I wonder what Tim Curry's doing, and Tim Curry replied to the person like, "Oh, well, today I sat with a bowl of uh, three Musketeers, and every time I, I picked one up, I'd say." All for one and one for me. And apparently he's active on Twitter, so... <laughs> he is a fascinating I, man, to say the least. Oh, yeah. Anyway, in regards to the show, I remember seeing commercials for it, and that's about it. But then again, I was never a fan of Peter Pan as a concept, so... Yeah. Weird, because I defended we're, we're, Hook we're, we're, a lot. But. We're also dealing really early in the 90s, so a lot of this stuff probably came and went in a single season. Yeah, and there's a lot of it that I only got in uh, probably syndication after the yeah. ones that are like pre-93. I know a lot of this did come back in syndication because when I was looking at them, some of these were only like 10 episodes. I didn't right, so, do it. Yeah, so syndication, like I said, I only remember Tim Curry's voice as Captain Hook, and that's about it. All right, well, the next, the next one on the list is literally the only one that none of us, all three of us, have no memory of which is the pittsburgh pigs because before this we went through and we were like all right we're not gonna talk about it because we'll record that but are there any on here that no one knows and all three of us have zero memory of pittsburgh pigs so sorry if it was like your favorite show but we don't we, we just missed it i guess if so, i'm if i'm going to take a guess uh tmnt clone yeah that yeah. feels like what it was biker mice from mars style seems like it or a football show who knows? I don't know, for some reason, my mind went to, like, really childish Berenstein Bears kind of thing. I don't know. We don't know. We're just guessing. So anyway, next on the list is Tom and Jerry Kids. Now, the weird thing is, I know I watched this. I know I liked it. And for some reason, like, the theme is in my head, but I know it's not the theme. Instead, it's the fucking theme from Alvin the Chipmunks, but I just keep thinking <laughs> Tom and Jerry Kids. Like, that's not right. Why is that in my head? I don't know. But, I'm actually pretty sure that is the opening. Yeah, that's the opening. It sounds just like the Elf and the Chipmunks theme in my head. <laughs> yeah, but no, that was the opening because I was like, oh, you're saying that, you know, dust is rattling off in the deepest parts of my brain. It's like, that that might be it. I, I think that's it. I, I don't know. Get out of here, DuckTales. I don't got time for you. Here's, here's my thing about Tom and Jerry kids. From what I do remember, it was just Tom and Jerry, but they were smaller. I mean, Tom and Jerry has one of the most consistent and simple formulas in cartoon existence and i don't remember this show deviating from said formula very much it was part of that whole let's make them kids waves like the flintstones kids and muppet babies and that whole weird thing they did there for a while the the only i only remember one okay correction there were two shows that did that that in my opinion worked really well a pup named scooby-doo and tiny toon adventures so mm. tom and jerry kids was okay what you don't like one of the which one of those do you not like? Pup named Scooby Doo. Fuck you. Pup named Scooby Doo is <laughs> amazing, and you're wrong. I'm saying no, right now, you are wrong. That is probably the weakest of. Now we'll talk about that when we get around to cartoons. You have not watched all Scooby Doo yet. There was a fucking twenty year period in the eighties of terrible, <laughs> terrible Scooby Doo shows. I'm, if you were talking anyway, about the thirteen ghosts uh, of Scooby Doo, you can die in a ditch. So next in the list, the Swamp Thing. So I haven't seen this, but Woundvog tells me that the animation is extremely stilted, even in the opening, which is normally where they put the animation budget, so bad signs. I uh, I know next to nothing about this series. It I just came across it in a uh, compilation of openings on YouTube, and the opening was a 
parody of Wild Thing. So you know we have that going for us. Gross. Um, but awesome. <laughs> the animation was not great. No, I don't remember. Like I said, this was kind of lost to the fog of time. But I will say this. Awesome movie made an awesome kids show. Has it aged? Well, I have no idea. I haven't seen this in 20 some years. But yeah, the animation probably was really cheaply designed because it was designed to cash in on the movie success and sell toys. But it was Swamp Thing fighting, you know, a league of other swamp monsters, kind of in the style of later TMNT villains. And that alone made it really cool. I mean, I'm sure it has not aged well at all, but it had violence. And as a kid, that was the number one selling point. And bright color. I've talked before about how when it comes to animation, like one of the most important things to me is utilizing your animation. Like to keep on animating, I, I realized this after watching Mob, the anime Mob Psycho 100. Although, to be fair, I have just recently seen a show that I feel like went too far in that direction, which is, uh, I will watch more of it, but it's Tuca and Birdie. The, the I show love on, it. You know what? I, I, I bet I will love it the more I get into it, but I just watched the pilot today and I was like, this is too much. Just everything's <laughs> constantly moving and it's hurting my eyes. That's fascinating. <laughs> Anyway, the next show on our list is Beetlejuice, and I want to say that there's a number of shows that did this throughout, uh, you know, the early aughts and the 90s, taking a character that was really not meant for children <laughs> and making a cartoon around it. I think Robocop was one of the first times I remember this really happening back in the 80s, but yeah, Beetlejuice, like, I recently went and watched the movie Beetlejuice again for, like, Halloween. I guess Halloween's not that recent, but just, just this last okay. Halloween, I sat and I watched Beetlejuice, and that movie's awesome, but Beetlejuice is a dirty adult character. <laughs> and oh, so, yeah. yeah, and they basically turned him into a uh, a goth genie for the cartoon. Yeah, they did the same thing with uh, Aliens on the realm of, like, RoboCop trying to sell it to kids. Yeah. Uh, it was an Aliens cartoon? Not a cartoon, but action figures. Oh, I remember the action figures. Those were awesome. I wanted them. <laughs> yeah. Now, I will say, as a kid, Beetlejuice was my first introduction to the character. You watched the show before the movie? <laughs> yeah, so the show was that a surprise, must have been a head trip. but I loved the cartoon. It was very punny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, super puns. <laughs> and Wunvok here is a pun master, so that doesn't <laughs> surprise me at all. Maybe that's why it hasn't held up for me, is I hate puns so much. I think one of the funniest series uh, of jokes in the in the show was... Uh, Beetlejuice is being arrested for something in the underworld, and when Eliza, the main human character, gets there, she's like, what's happening? And he goes, they're sending me up the river to the big house! And he's literally in a boat going up a river to a giant house that is the prison. I remember that. At least that's visual humor, right? And if you're <laughs> yeah. in a cartoon, visual humor is a big... Like, if you're gonna have a pun, having the pun be based around your art is a good way to do it. Oh, yeah. See, I remember liking this as a kid. As an adult, not so much. But I watched Beetlejuice a lot as a kid because that was one of the ones we had in the VHS box. Also, the opening to the show, while it had no lyrics, so it wasn't the catch or anything, visually was awesome. I remember seeing someone recreated in Minecraft, and that was really cool even. <laughs> so No, that was a solid opening. I remember that much. Which, yeah. again, it's something that we may have lost in animation today is that catchy suck you in opening that is true we still get exactly. one every now and then but yeah not not that often i mean my favorite cartoons from the modern age things like uh you know steven universe doesn't have oh star vs. force of evil has a pretty goddamn catchy opening see i don't like uh steven universe but that theme song has been stuck in my head since you told me to watch it <laughs> Yeah, like I it just like, wedged itself in there, and I hate it. Have you have you seen? I don't think you'd like it, uh, but have you seen Star vs. the Forces of Evil? No. It is a show. First of all, that gets way way darker in season two, uh, but its opening is so goddamn catchy, and it's just like it's gonna get a little weird. It's gonna get a little wild. Anyway, I'm not gonna keep singing. Get a, uh, a strike down. Anyway, so it's like the Aladdin show, but instead of Arabian, it's just Hot Topic. So, <laughs> before I knew Hot Topic was a thing. Pretty apt summary. Yeah. Now, uh, the next on this list is the first one of a wave of shows that I know uh, 
Woonvog here is really into, although I didn't know if he was in this one specifically, but Tasmania. It was awesome, and I loved it, and I missed this show every second. Don't know if it holds up. Haven't watched it again, but Man, I all of those kid. shows had killer openings. I, I remember this, this one very vividly. The come to yep. Tasmania, come to Tasmania. It, this was kind of that weird screwball comedy we were getting with uh, Tiny Toon Adventures and Animaniacs and stuff. Like Indeed. I remember, oh, who is his dad based on? Unfortunately, I have to say I don't remember Tasmania as well as any of the others. Oh. unfortunately. So it's like, because I know that Woonvog's really into Freakazoid and Animaniacs and stuff like that, but Tasmania's the one you missed? <laughs> it's just the one I haven't haven't gotten back to. Alright. I know that it had a ridiculous supporting cast, because they were all named in the opening. <laughs> yeah, it had this whole family, and each one was kind of a quirky own character from like a sitcom. Yeah, like I said, I'm trying to remember who the dad was inspired by. He was voiced by Jim Cummings, so no surprise there. But who was he voiced? Who was he inspired? I oh, no, no Taz idea. did Jim remember. Cummings. Okay, never mind. I mean, I have nothing else to say about Tasmania, unfortunately. I know it's a good show. But He's I a Bing Crosby it. reference. That's right. Uh, Crosby. <laughs> I actually had a, a DVD of uh, Crosby and Hope go to A uh, Road to Bali. That's it. Uh, that was one of my favorite movies growing up, actually. No, I love the show. I remember there was the great episode where they made fun. They, it was a parody of Jane Goodall. She was studying them, and they just thought they couldn't figure out what this strange lady was watching them. Oh, yeah. It was the whole joke about knocking on wood where Taz's mom forgets her lucky block of wood and bad things keep happening, and they're stuck out in the middle of nowhere. Yes. This I was a great screwball comedy, and I loved it. Don't they drive her insane at the end of that episode? To the point where she's like being a jungle person? That sounds about right. No, like I said, this was a really fun show. I don't know if it's held up, because I haven't seen it in 20-some-odd years, but I have happy memories of it, and I knew who Bing Crosby was before I had any idea who Bing Crosby was, because this was the parody they were working for. Hmm. All these shows are the reason I know a lot of older comedians. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, it happened a lot with the Steven Spielberg Presents, especially. So I know that the, the next cartoon on our list is the first and not the last that I watched this show, but not on this channel, which is Batman the Animated Series. Because I, I didn't even know Batman the Animated Series was on Fox. Well, actually, no, I did. I remember seeing commercials for it, but when I watched the Animated Series, it was on Cartoon Network. It was like part of a Toonami block for a while, and then it was like a separate thing, but I didn't watch it on Fox Kids. So This was one of the ones I came home after school and watched with my brother. I didn't watch it. <laughs> okay, Mr. Justice League fan over there. I can... Well, I've been pretty open about the trauma that the Joker brought upon my childhood, Axel. Okay, that's... Oh, yeah, I would forget. I'm like, wait a second. I feel like we're missing a piece of the puzzle here. That's right. <laughs> but, I mean, is there really a whole lot we can talk about Batman the Animated Series? It, it is... Even if you didn't watch it, like, you're aware that Batman the Animated Series basically reinvented Batman is the entire cause of the the whole DC animated renaissance that basically has gone on to what's well, still going on now with like young justice and shit. And it all basically leads back to that show. It may need its own yeah. episode. Well, I mean, we can try and talk about, it. I mean, this is the one where a lot of people's go to Joker and Batman come from an invented Harley Quinn. It has a fantastic art style, has the opening theme song by Danny Elfman. Um, so a couple weeks ago, a lot of characters, I think I, I think I mentioned this on a podcast before, but a couple of weeks ago I was on a Gotham kick and I was just looking up what are the most popular or what are considered to be the best adaptations of Batman in general, right? And this one is usually number one. One on the list was almost always uh, Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh yeah, that's right. Anyway, but my point is that even Arkham Asylum is using the voice cast largely from the animated series. So yeah, and I think one of the coolest things I found out recently—I don't know if anyone else knows this—but they animated on black paper instead of gotham to have that very uh, gothic art deco look and it made the colors really pop when they wanted them to it's a really cool addition it's a really got, cool show i no, mean personally i think and this is just me i think that the animation of the show by current standards is pretty stilted but it you know it's still after like 10 or so episodes, it picks up. I think like they were just were, you know, figuring it out. But still, it's a little hard for me to watch now. But that doesn't mean that the stories aren't good. Like some of the best Batman stories ever put to any medium are in this. Like Mr. Freeze basically exists as people now know him because of two episodes of this show. 
Yeah, they reinvented him as a character for this show. And you can't deny that even with the stills, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. And here's the thing. I recently heard someone was talking about this exact problem. And the issue is because if you're watching it now, you're watching it HDified, super updated. And a lot of the shortcuts and shorthands they use to keep it under cost are now blatantly obvious on our high definition remasterings that were never meant to be seen. Yeah, I believe it was uh, Chris Chipman was telling us about that in one of our last Patreon hangouts or something. So I don't remember. We've been recording a lot of stuff, and it's all bleeding together now. <laughs> well, anyway, I like I said, we can talk about Batman the Animated Series for a while now, but it is... We did a podcast about it, too. Yeah, there you go. All right, so Tiny Toon Adventures is one of the only show, or yeah, one of the only shows that made that work, and partially did it because it didn't actually make the characters young it made young versions of the characters so the original characters could be there as well because for anyone who might have missed tiny toon adventures because i could actually talk about this one the <laughs> premise is that the classic cartoon characters from looney tunes you know bugs bunny daffy duck whatnot they run a school they're learning to be classic cartoon characters like cartoon comedians and so the young characters that are actually going to the academy and are our main characters are all a they're not relatives. They make it very clear they're not like sons, but they are all the same thing, essentially. They're coming up, like these are the ones they aspire to, because you got Babs and what was Buster, Buster Bunny? Babs and Buster Bunny. And I have the whole both... theme song memorized, which has all the characters named in it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah Babs and Buster Bunny are basically be... two halves of Bugs Bunny's personality types, essentially. Uh, you got a couple got of new ones. Characters like uh, Plucky who is essentially the new Daffy. He's a small green duck. Um, you've got I mean, Hampton. Hampton, yeah. I couldn't think of it. I, if I sang it, I would say it. It's like, okay, I have the song memorized, but pulling the names out. Yeah, Hampton is the new Porky Pig, essentially. But yeah, they do it for everyone. There's a couple that don't necessarily have direct ones. Like, for instance, um, what's suddenly this name's escaped me. Mr. Gun's shooting all the time. Yosemite Sam. Yeah. All right. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> You're trying to remember the name of the kid. Mr. Gun shooting guy. <laughs> That's what Yosemite Sam is. He's just the shooting character. Anyway, but they couldn't have that in a show for you know very young kids. So the small version of him is supposed to be Montana Max, who's this kid who's a billionaire, is obsessed with money, and is a total dickwad. So. <laughs> and then there's the scariest cartoon character ever, Elmira and one of the best twists on the hunter. Yeah, because she's the young version of El Bud, but instead of hunting to kill, she chases animals so that she can pet and hug them to a dangerous degree to where all the animals are scared of her because she will suffocate them by hugging them. She can lenny them. <laughs> exactly. Oh, well, yeah, I kind of reminded the uh the abominable snowman, you know? Yeah. I will love you and I'll pet you and I'll name you George. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Tiny Toons was full of because Ellen, because the main characters were still their own selves, they'd show up every now and then for like little cameo parts, but they really let the the main cast do their thing, right? Like I remember that for me the standout was actually Babs Bunny, because they got a uh, Tress McNeil. Thank you. I thought it was Tress McNeil, but I wasn't sure. I knew you would know, Winfog. Uh yeah, but they got Tress McNeil who does who's such a good voice actress so she lets babs do like different voices all the time i, I it was hilarious like I, she was a star in that show and they'd have these great like little plots i remember one of my favorite episodes involves buster's going to a dance but he doesn't know how to dance so he asks bugs for help but he doesn't convey that he's going to dance at a like school Prom. dance mm -hmm. so bugs teaches him his crazy psycho dance that he used to like scare off the hunters and buster ends up trying to do that at the dance and it starts to get really embarrassing but then bugs dances with them and because bugs is the coolest teacher at school everyone's like oh that's awesome and they they dance with them i remember very much the last line of the show is bugs looks at buster and goes Next time, check one of Daffy's tapes instead, <laughs> which I thought was just a great little nod to the kind of cartoon shorts that Daffy Duck would do. But that see, episode has a wonderful adult joke in there too. It be just became a huge line for the Spielberg presents ones to have jokes for older audiences as well. Uh, Gogo the dodo bird walks up to the punch bar and he like kind of looks around sneaky and then pours a flask into the into the punch 
And then Plucky goes up afterward, takes a drink, and he starts choking and spits out a railroad spike. And just goes, <laughs> punch. Yeah, love it. Uh, this show actually had a, a movie. And they had a the couple movie, movies, I thought. A few specials, yeah. Yeah, I just remember that one particular I thought was awesome had two main plots that I, I remember. I thought there were three, but the ones I remember was there was Hampton and Plucky, who were basically best friends, going on a road trip from fucking hell, where <laughs> it was with Hampton's family. And so, like, Plucky is having to deal with this family in this road trip of, well, pigs. So, and meanwhile, Babs and Buster Bunny were on a raft. I don't remember where they were going. I just remember they were stuck on a raft in a river, and it was wonderful and hilarious. And particularly, there's this one scene that it, where Babs like uses her ears to like wrap around Buster's head, and then speaks in a really sultry voice. I forgot what the actual line was, but then Buster <laughs> starts doing the the classic like sound as his like mouth melts. And I, don't know, I remember laughing my ass off. It was great. Yeah, it's a uh, Tiny Toons. How I spent my summer vacation. That's it. <laughs> I just remember the dual parody, which we talked about on our episode with Chris. And that is beautiful. Uh, it's, I can't remember the name of the kid, but it was uh, Wiley e. Coyote's, like, ward. Mm-hmm. And a semi is going after him. And it gets to the scene where they're in the bar, and he opens the bar doors, and he looks around, like in the scene of Duel, that, you know, any of these people could be the one trying to kill me. But at one of the seats is the truck reading the paper. <laughs> That's I what I remember very distinctly. <laughs> I love Tiny Toon Adventures so much. I, that's another... I, again, uh, that was Steven Spielberg Presents before he started using Steven Spielberg Presents as a like, title, right? No, it still says. Oh, I don't remember, I didn't remember that. I just remember that... <laughs> yeah. I, it was early enough that the animation style, you know, dress... I, I consider, like, there's an era of Tiny Toons and then right afterwards the era of Animaniacs, but mm-hmm. anyway. Good Maybe- times workshopped a couple characters in this that would later show up in uh animaniacs i thought oh it feels like it crossover it could be like a prototype so because all the stuff kind of crossed over and spun off at one point or the other i know that definitely shared a big world with the cartoons well plus both of them were very aware of being television shows i mean in the opening song for tiny tunes they talk about uh like the script and whatnot so anyway i i adore tiny tunes that's what i have to say about it <laughs> all right let's talk about one of my all-time favorite the x-men tv show the theme song that made you just want to fight with your siblings and that's pretty much the extent of my caring about the show i thought the actual show was meh but that theme song is awesome you thought the show was meh yeah all right we're, we're even now <laughs> oh, podcast is over. Everyone go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, it's because the, sh- the designs for the characters were so good. The animation had to suffer because it was hard to animate such complex designs. So it was an extremely stiff show. I liked I, how. Uh, you want to talk <laughs> stiff? Talk the last season when they shipped it overseas. Ah, uh, yeah, it just got worse. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that the storylines were neat. Uh, I thought you know they were interesting to be. But I, I thought a lot of the performances were kind of stilted myself. But anyway, that's not necessarily what's important. If if you got if you got into it, if you were pumped, if you wanted to be an X Man, hey, power to you, man. Go to your corner. <laughs> X Men was awesome, and this is the reason I have again. This is one I watched with my uh, brothers because '90s X Men were hot shit. Um, and it was between this and some scattered comics that I pieced together a now functioning knowledge of the X Men universe. Because for those of you who don't know. That is just ridiculous, crazy nonsense of a comic universe. Um, I love this show. I've rewatched it a couple of times, and I think the animation holds up fine, except for that last season when they cheap out and ship it overseas, and then it gets really, really bad. That's rough. But yeah, I don't uh, remember a whole lot about uh, X-Men. I do remember enjoying it, and I give a lot of credit to you know a mid-90s show re- trying to depict the comic stories especially some of the wild ones because it did do the you know the dark phoenix saga which we're coming back up to in the movies and i don't know how many people are excited for that no one's excited for that man no one wants to see the dark phoenix movie (laughs) no they did all the big comics like there was days of future past there was uh the dark phoenix saga 
Here's one thing I'll definitely give to that cartoon. The depiction of Apocalypse and everything to do with him in that cartoon was fucking awesome. Yeah, and the voice mm-hmm. is awesome. No, you gotta give, I like this show because in the opening story arc, they killed Morph. Like, hey, here's this character, and he brutally dies by the end of the episode, scarring Wolverine for the rest of the season. You know what I think my actual problem is? This is very personal. I just felt like, I don't think I attached myself to any of the characters really that well because you know i never liked cyclops as a character ever wolverine was the closest thing to like a, you know kind of an interesting character but he doesn't actually get to do much in that show specifically like you'd think he would but because they can't let him you know cut people uh he doesn't get to do a whole lot very often storm's always kind of like too above it all to be that interesting uh, i don't like the version of nightcrawler where he's like very disconnected from our culture and stuff that's why i much like the the young version of nightcrawler they had in like evolution stuff so maybe it wasn't that i have any problems with the show necessarily i just couldn't latch on to any of the characters myself and if i don't latch on to a character it's hard for me to get invested in a lot of what's happening it's probably why i have a lot of fond memories of uh gambit rogue and apocalypse in that show but that's about it who hurt you you did so <laughs> <laughs> by making everything i disagree with you turn i am wrong so now i have to attack you the same way oh i will but say rogue was awesome wrong. it's okay <laughs> this is the reason i love uh colossus because this first episode is he shoulders a tractor into you know pope and goes oh was that me oh that sucked i mean we got uh omega redness and storm was awesome and you're doing this despite me okay fair enough <laughs> no 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 the more i think about it, the more i remember rogue stuff i love rogue everything okay that's it it's only episodes with rogue like centered were the ones i really cared about because i adore that version of rogue it's actually why when i see a lot rogue, of people aren't. adore that version of rogue yeah well that's surprised what... the three guys on the show oh yeah <laughs> i love rogue so much that tight fitting sorry man badass southern <laughs> bell i just launched a lot of puberties <laughs> i guess so uh sure <laughs> just, just don't google her with your safe search off that's all i'm saying I, I buy that all right let's go to this really weird one that i only vaguely remember and it's mostly the toys the incredible crash test dummies i got nothing i remember, I remember them trying the to make the cartoon i remember the toys and that was about it because it was a toy that was designed to you know break and explode and that was awesome agreed uh, i think that's all i really remember i remember a little bit of the show i'm pretty sure it was fully like computer animated it didn't look that great but i'm gonna google real no i think i remember seeing little bits of like shorts (laughs) right yeah but not much else yeah and when we say crash test dummies like they were actually the kind of dummies you put in a car like they had uh not targets, but they look kind of like targets on their forehead. Yeah, the they yellow and black long. circles. It was really early CGI. And mm-hmm. oh god, it, it is not aged at all. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, not many CG... I can only think of one CGI show from that far back that has aged well. I guess a lot of people will say Reboot. I don't really <laughs> reboot like Reboot. Reboot does not age well at all. For reboot me, Beast Wars... Dated. Yeah, for me, Beast Wars is the only show with CG like that that well. <laughs> so, that's me. Yeah, this is bad Ooh. <laughs> all right so next on our list is pirates of dark water or dark waters i don't know but here's I, I didn't watch this the only literally the only thing i know about pirates of dark water is that a few years back uh blockbuster buster did a a video where he was doing the top 10 cartoons he felt should be adapted to movies i remember that he put my pick for that megas xlr number two and that the only show he put higher than megas xlr his number one was this one, Pirates of Darkwater. So I don't know if that means anything to anyone listening, but that's all I know about it. It was pretty, it's a pretty cool show. It's fantasy sci-fi pirates. I didn't ever watch this. I don't remember anything about it, but I've had cousins that did, and they remember it as being amazing. Yeah, this was another one that my brother and I bonded over because like i said it was this weird sci-fi pirates um like there was a weird mutant pterodactyl in lieu of a pirate and they had laser swords not bordering on star wars and they sailed around you on this giant water world style ocean it was really really cool i mean large chunks of it have been lost to time and alcohol but I have fond memories of it. See, I'm I'm, af- I'm afraid that at this point we've recorded like 40 minutes of basically saying, I don't really remember this. So <laughs> I apologize to any <laughs> listeners if that's what it comes off as. The fine details are lost. There's, there, there's a lot. <laughs> All right. So another show on the list then that I watched, but not on this channel, 
is uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks because again they also showed this show on Cartoon Network and That's I watched I it. I watched there. it was in reruns, and I yeah, remember I thinking they looked nothing right. like chipmunks. Uh, I know. they were never really meant to. I remember that when they made the for the size of chipmunks, I thought that was really weird because I was so used to seeing them the size of children. You know, shaped like dough balls. A fun, <laughs> funny story about this: I was not allowed to watch the show in the house. Actually, it's literally the only television show my mom forbade me from watching and you know why because of the voices yes they gave her a massive headache so if she was Uh, around i could not put it on (laughs) i loved it though and like i said before the theme song like that is in my head the watch out because here we come and yeah it's that's super high plus as i've said before i really identified with like double d and ed and eddie i identify with characters like that so of course simon and alvin the chipmunks was like the exact kind of cartoon character i love seeing Another fun fact about that, the uh, the writers on the show, they get tons of fan mail about um, Alvin and Theodore uh, because there were tons of kids who like identify with those, but they didn't get a whole lot of fan mail about Simon. And apparently they did an episode. So then in response to that, they did an episode about Simon essentially acting out because he always was the good kid, so he never got any attention because he was mm. the good kid. So the only way to get his parents to pay attention or you know the john or whatever his name was i don't remember any of the supporting cast <laughs> in the show but in order to get the the parental figure to give him any attention he started trying to emulate alvin and you know at the end of course he meant like they have a conversation where he's like dave dave sorry like, <laughs> anyway dave but anyway after they did this episode suddenly they got flooded with fan mail from kids you know like me i'd say who could relate to that particular thing where it's like yeah i have brothers who are troublemakers, and I have to be their keeper. And because of that, I feel like I don't get, you know, attention. And I, I thought that was a really cool, like, little story about that. No, I remember this show. It's pretty good. They had a couple uh, Halloween-themed movies. They are also pretty good. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of specifics are sticking out about this one, though. I remember one episode vaguely where they ended up meeting their mother. Oh, God. I don't remember that one. And yeah, yeah, it turned into a, another serious episode. So you know which one's kept in my mind? <laughs> well, you know, like I said, that Simon episode was my favorite one because I relate as hell to, to Simon. So yeah. And I think like Ulrich, I remember uh, the movie where they travel around the world. Super fun. Uh, and the really problematic nowadays, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was oh, the uh, 90s were uh, a different time, as always. Uh, and the horror ones, like where they meet Frankenstein and the Wolfman. See, I, lo- I love stuff like that because I grew up with a handful of old cassettes of uh, Abbott and Costello meet you know, <laughs> Frankenstein, the Wolfman, and shit. So I love stories like that. They were both pretty solid. The Wolfman one was probably the better of the two. Yeah, but my point is when I saw cartoons do the same thing, my brain always went to those movies. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm on board. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Anyway, anyone else got anything else to say about Alvin? Oh, here's what I'll say. No, but Alvin the Chipmunks. I thought the, I thought the movie, like the live action movie, was bad. Obviously, mm. but more interestingly, the second movie was the only time ever that I've gone to a movie to babysit. Like my huh? my, my girlfriend and I at the time uh, were babysitting her cousins, and they wanted to go to this movie that we had no interest in going to. But we're like, all right. And so then me and her spent basically the whole time doing other things. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Next. George of the Jungle. Remember, this is a show. I remember the movie. I liked the (laughs) first movie. But I I loved this show or the movie. I have no memory of this show. but My mom swears that I watched this show relentlessly and she hated it. Uh, I, I remember the older one. Like it had dudley do right style animation oh yeah yeah that's the one i think but if it's the same one yeah dudley do right-esque antics it was funny yeah my mom swears i watched this and i have no memory of it whatsoever i loved mm. the movie with brendan Fraser, and that's about it all right well then in the interest of time we're just gonna move on i didn't know that mighty morphers uh fox kids then again i didn't watch <laughs> it so you guys did though right so good. Part of the afternoon block. Okay, real quick mention <laughs> before everyone jumps on us. Why is this on here? This is live action. Two simple reasons. One, this was part of the animation block. And two, we're not going to get a chance to talk about Power Rangers again because Axel never watched Power Rangers. That's you. I'll <laughs> I would love to do. I would place. love to do a Power Rangers. Hey, episode. we could totally do an episode <laughs> on Power Rangers. 
fucking and practically an expert at this point. <laughs> but uh, that word. <laughs> okay, yeah, I said practically. I'm only saying that because like he watches it as an you know as an adult, so he's gonna have better knowledge of it than a lot of the shows we've talked about. <laughs> Power Rangers was awesome, and I wasn't allowed to watch it very often because my mom said it made me too violent. Uh, I have another friend that they had kind of the same thing, but their parents wouldn't let him watch it because it had aliens. Interesting. I, I don't know. I bet they were. I think religious. it was just a thing. <laughs> aliens. Okay, or I don't know. No, this show was awesome. Had an awesome theme song. Got you all pumped up, and maybe it did make me a little bit angry. The best part is my nephew watches the latest ones, and my brother says, "Okay, no more Power Rangers. It makes you violent." <laughs> I have a question, Moonvog. Since you're like up to date, essentially, with uh, Power Rangers as a franchise, <laughs> what percent of it would you say is legitimately as objective as you can be? Okay, fuck that statement. There's no such thing as objectivity in this thing, but you know what I mean. I'd say maybe about 60 to 80%. It depends on how much you prefer uh, camp. I like camp. Because I love Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but it is so corny and so campy at this day and age. Oh, yeah. Hey, man, we just did an episode last <laughs> week on Godzilla, and Ulrich's mm. favorite Godzilla is versus the Astro Monster, which, which is... Uh, essentially King Ghidorah, but I believe that's also the movie where he flies with his radiation breath. <laughs> so yeah, and- See, Here's what I'll say about Power Rangers, at least in my experience. If you grew up with it, much like Godzilla, you can go back to it. If you didn't, it's a lot harder, because I have watched Power Rangers and had Slagathor walk into the room, shake her head, and walk back out again. I can agree with that to the most part. I will say, though, I was watching it with my friend Denim, who had never seen it. But I know he's a fan of aliens, dinosaurs, giant robots, uh, Sentai, and uh, kaiju stuff. And he's been on the ball with it. And there are a few other Power Rangers on this list, but I, you know, we just talk about them now. Like the other ones that were block, apparently, were Power Rangers Zeo, Power Rangers Turbo, and Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. Turbo is one with cars. I had that Megazord toy. <laughs> Zeo the worst Lost season. <laughs> no, it's not the worst season. The worst season is apparently the pirate one, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, yeah, the pirate one. Okay, it's the worst yeah. one in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, from Mighty Morphin through in space uh, is called the Zordon era of the series. And, yeah, Turbo is probably the, the weirdest because it came from a Sentai series that was a comedy. And when it came to the States... Saban didn't know if they wanted to continue it being a comedy or make it serious action. So they kind of did both at different points, and it just left it a mess. And Carzords are boring. Hmm. To an extent, yeah. That depends on who you are. Compared to where we came from, we came from dinosaurs and, you know, mystical animals to Zeo was the ninjas and the giant shapes, which, eh, but I had that Zord, and it was awesome, (laughs) to Cars. Yeah, but if you're a gearhead, then sure. Even as a gearhead, they weren't interesting designed cars. In in Turbo's defense, though, the Turbo Megazord had one of the best finishers, where it just charges the monster and spins out and just murder tops them. (laughs) There's also a giant wheel Zord. That was in Zeo, actually. Was that in Zeo? Yes, I don't know why. (laughs) Okay. No, what the other about, thing I remember about uh, Turbo was they had a very interesting villain, shall we say. Divatox. She had cleavage. Ah. Yeah. What about, all right, so what about, what about Lost Galaxy? Is Lost Galaxy the one that had the, the giant insect as the... Yes. Yeah, remember... Lost Galaxy, I want to say that's maybe better than Mighty Morphin, in my opinion. Was, is Lost maybe? Galaxy then also yes. have the magazine? Yes. Lost, yeah, Galaxy, awesome. Lost Galaxy was the first like, non-serial series. Like, completely new rangers, new story, new cast and area. And it was really good. Yeah, I just know that Magnet Defender was awesome, and the bug thing was legitimately creepy, and that the last, like, fight of the series was the, the daughter, who didn't want to be bugified, gets bugified, and <laughs> becomes super powerful, evil, creepy, kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... And a deep setup with Lost Galaxy is how people react to loss, and it's really interesting because 
you see the Power Rangers come together, and through the loss, they become stronger and more complete as people, where the villain completely loses her mind and sends all of her army to be suicide bombers. What was by the, the end fight? Series? Like, I remember this Zord. I remember this series. I remember it was awesome, but I don't remember the Zord. They had the Galactabeast. Oh, oh animals that's again. right. Yeah. Really, really cool, though. Maddie Defender was on, like, an ox or a bull, which is yeah. pretty cool. I, I also remember that this show, because Moonfog showed me this, as <laughs> one of the greatest moments of, this is a really great, dramatic, serious moment <laughs> ruined by a single audio cue. Yeah. That's actually in, in space, the season before it. Again, two seasons based in space. Oh, okay, so Mag Defender was in both then? No, uh, he was in Lost Galaxy. Well, I thought it was Mag Defender's son is the scene I'm talking about. Oh, there's the scene, but that's Lost Galaxy, yes. Okay, because the scene in question involves Mag Defender's son, like, dying, but the audio recording of the son <laughs> is just, uh... <laughs> it's just ridiculous and funny. <laughs> it, it takes the impact out of just a scotch. <laughs> Man, Power Rangers is awesome. This was also, I remember walking in Core. I'll edit that out later. I remember walking in while Wound and another friend of ours was watching like the second or third to last episode of this, and I sat down and started giggling, and uh, I got I got scolded for giggling, <laughs> so so I left. And let, <laughs> anyway, this yeah. is the last Power Rangers that I was really in from beginning to end. Like maybe Lightspeed Rescue, I think was the one after this was the last one I vaguely remember, but it gets kind of fuzzy after this. Mm-hmm. I think I actually watched a lot of Lost Galaxy now that I think about it. But... It was a really solid one. I mean, there was a lot less camp, a lot less puns, a lot more serious story. Let's well, you know what? Eventually we will do a Power Rangers episode. If anything, just you and Woonvar can talk about it and I just comment. It will happen, so we Yay, can move an on. excuse to watch Power Rangers. Okay, let's talk about a Power Rangers knockoff. Big Bad Beetleborgs. <laughs> I loved Big Bad Beetleborgs. I absolutely know it will not hold up on a rewatch. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But you know, I love when there's things where it's like, I know that if I watch this as an adult, it, so I'm not going to watch it and tarnish my childhood memory. <laughs> For me, that's uh, that the, the one with Ninja Kangaroos. Is that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's, it's a movie. It's after oh, all... Worries of Virtue. Yeah, there we go. Worries of Virtue. I know that I loved it as a child. I will not watch it as an adult because I'm positive <laughs> I'll hate it. <laughs> yeah, there's good odds on that one. Anyway, I didn't watch Big Bad Little Morgs, and for some reason in my head, it jumbled up with uh, Butt Ugly Martians. Ugh. So I just <laughs> associate them together. <laughs> why? I don't ask me why. <laughs> I have no idea. I saw that title, and that's what popped in my head. Yeah. So I just remember uh, the theme song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Big Bad Beetleborgs was Saban's attempt at making Lightning Strike twice with the fame they got with Power Rangers built up from the Sentai footage. And it came from another Sentai series. But it's kind of funny because it's just like, hey, you remember how everyone loved the Kid Ranger from Turbo? Let's make the whole cast that. Was that the case? Kinda? Well, the setup with Big Bad Beetleborgs is it's three kids who are all fans of this comic book about their favorite heroes, the Beetleborgs. They end up coming into this haunted mansion and free a genie, and he grants them a wish, and he turns them into the Beetleborgs. However, that also makes their villain become real. So now they have to fight him as the Beetleborgs, where the villain is using, like, the burnt-out writer to use a magic pen to draw him monster. Now I remember why I didn't watch much of this show. (laughs) It got wild. I do always love that Saban's, or I should say, (laughs) like, the whole Sentai thing was always, what's the weird mechanic for creating monsters? Seemed to be (laughs) something different every time. Oh, yeah. Okay. By the way, next um, no. Actually, I will say I'm looking at the time code. We're we're reaching the near the hour mark. We've got like 14 shows left to go. <laughs> so I think we should split this up into uh, two parts. Yeah, let's make a part two because this last half, there's a lot of good stuff in here. In that case, let's move on to some suggestions of the week. I, I didn't write anything down, but since I spent all day, oh, 
I feel like I, I did a hard cut into this, but yeah, we will we'll come back with a part two. We'll bring Woonfog on again to continue the list. But <laughs> I this shall is a return. Long, this is a long list. So anyway, <laughs> my suggestion, because I spent all day watching stand-up comedy, uh, is some of the comedy specials I watched. I watched uh, Wanda Sykes has got a new special out that was pretty good on Netflix. I watched Ron White's special from last year, which I thought was was pretty good. So I'll just recommend those two. Like Netflix great ground for stand-up comedy. And, uh, you know, there's two to check out if you're into those two comedians anyway. A suggestion I'd like to give is the new anime Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba. Can you spell that out? Sorry? Can you spell that? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, It's on Funimation and I think maybe Crunchyroll. Uh, Newer show. uh, Guy's family gets killed by a human-eating demon. His sister's starting to turn into one, so he himself becomes a demon slayer to try and find a way to cure her. I feel like we I have a friend who's D&D character. <laughs> but it seems really cool so far from what I've seen. Like, even his sister, using her, like, new demon powers, kind of fights with him, while also avoiding trying or the urge to eat people. Hmm. Is this, uh, how much of it's out? Like seven episodes. Really new. All right. This is, this is brand new off the hot press. Mm -hmm. So what, uh, is this, I don't think you said, is this like a modern world or is this a fantasy world? Uh, like Sengoku era Japan. Okay. So it's Japanese fantasy then. Yes, definitely. Okay. And I'm intrigued. Nate. All right. Well, I got an actual suggestion. Um, surviving Mars. It was a game came out by Paradox originally was kind of suffered from a lot of the problems that Paradox games come from. Not very intuitive, very kind of a steep learning curve. About a dozen patches later, it's actually a really fun game. You're trying to set up a colony on Mars, dealing with all sorts of things that would be an issue on Mars, like, you know, getting materials, producing oxygen, water. Think kind of SimCity, but with a strategy survival element overlaid over the top of it. Hmm. I've been, it's one of those games that I thought I was only playing for like an hour and five hours had passed. And I was like, oh wait, but I'm only on my second dome and there's not enough water. And how did this all happen? Nice. It's really engaging. It's got a great, so there's only a few elements, you know, you got to balance, but everything takes these elements. So you got to kind of balance that. But you also have to balance the sanity of your people. And one of the things they want are casinos, but casinos cost resources. So you kind of got to do this balancing game. It's like, all right, give you guys casinos, but you can only be open this day, this day, and this day. So it's got a really, it's be incredibly shallow and incredibly deep, depending on how much you want to dive into it or how much you want to rake up the difficulty. On the simplest settings, it's just about resource management. On the most extreme, it's worrying about, oh no, there's too much dust in my water purifier and we're going to run out of water. Oh, and there's a meteor storm coming. Oh, and we're out of money and I need to order more drones. So Sounds if, wild. Yeah, if that sounds like your kind of thing, this is a really fun game. I mean, it had a rough launch, but it's definitely come around. And it is a paradox game, which comes with its own things. Typically, just the level... Well, it's actually, scratch that. It fixes a lot of problems that are typically associated with paradox games. Like I said earlier, the steep learning curve and the whole ton of stuff that gets dumped on you right at the top. Ulrich, have you heard of the game Kenshin? No. So I recently, a friend of mine, I'll have this as another suggestion of mine, but recently a friend of mine has been playing a lot of it, and I was just watching him play, and it's a game where it's like a, think like a Mad Max style kind of future, but with some aliens like on the planet as well, essentially, and you start off as one character, and by the end it becomes kind of like a massive world RTS where you can have multiple squads. Oh, wait, yeah, cities. I did hear about this. They were talking about it on the uh, co-optional podcast this week. Yeah, but my, but when I say at the end, like, when I was watching him play, he'd been playing for 36 hours in that, that file, and he only had a squad of 20 people. So, like, mm. it it is a long time to go from one person to essentially building an empire, but it's, it's all about investment and working your way up finding resources, feeding your people. Like every every pe- person has a hunger meter, essentially. So but something about the way you were describing the you know colonized Mars sounded like Kenshin to me. So I just thought that that might be a game you you specifically would be interested in, Ulrich. 
Yeah, no, I've heard about that. I am definitely going to check it out. And Surviving Mars, it is kind of like that. It is very slow. There, I mean, there's a fast-forward button, but it very much is incremental growth because you don't want to go too far too fast or the whole thing collapses in on itself. Uh, what did, is that on Steam? Yes. I, I think know, it's still go. on sale for $10. Tension's on Steam, too. So. Check that out. Been trying to make it a point to remember to say like what platform shows and games are on. <laughs> Not used to Might doing it. Might be a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I uh, all good suggestions. We promise we'll get to you know if we if you got some shows from the '90s that we haven't got to yet, we'll get to them in part two. Like I said, there's like 14 more shows in the list, uh, so we got a whole another episode set, and we'll try to be less. I don't remember what the details are. I mean, I'm looking at the list right now. Seven shows on here that I pretty well, and and like four that I remember extremely well because I watched them recently. So might do a rewatch in the intervening time. Yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. Well, we'd like to thank Boonvog for coming on and joining us once again, helping fill in the blanks. <laughs> Always fun. All right. Well. As always, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. The most important being that share feature because it's the only way anyone's going to see that. And I'm also supposed to, you know, promote our platform, whatever it is, because right now our platforms are YouTube and SoundCloud. So whichever one you're watching us on, thank you. There's also the other one, depending on whatever's easier for you. I'm supposed to push SoundCloud specifically, but hey, man, if there's a platform that you'd rather us be on, let us know and we'll look into it. All right. As always, this has been Lord Commander Ulrich. And his shield brother, Axel Wright. Be sure to tune in next time, and as always, stay honorable.